Definitely. Yeah. It just, you just have to want it. That's it, man. If you want it, man, and you have to believe in yourself. That's, that's, those are the two keys, man. That's all I did. I believed in myself and I wanted it. And I, I went out and I did it that I know that I, God put a battery in my back and just, like I said, man, he gave me that strength, showed me the way. And I just walked it literally walked it. Welcome to the millennials and money podcast. The podcast dedicated to encourage millennials to make wise decisions with their money. We find some of the best ways to learn is through stories. So each week, your host and financial professional, Payne Boyer, invites a millennial guest on the show to share the money story. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. What's going on, y'all? It's your host and financial professional with Homes Financial, Peyton Boyer. And on this week's episode of the Millennials and Money podcast, I got a very special guest. I got information security analyst with Golden One, Mr. George Velasquez. George, say what's up. Hey, how you doing, Peyton? Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on, man. So, George, I'm allowed you to introduce yourself and what you do here in a second. But first, let me share how you and I met. Now, George, we've known each other for just about nine years now. It's a trip. We had met right after my first professional fight. So I was not a financial professional at that time. I was a boxing professional. And uh, you were not with Golden One at that time. I think you were with Intel. And um, we met through our little partner, our little bro, Slick Vic, introduced us. And, you know, he kind of did his own thing, but you and I stayed really close and stayed in touch. I still see Slick Vic every once in a while, but you and I kind of ran parallel paths as we jumped and advanced in our careers. And, you know, I've seen you just continue to grow in, from Intel to Golden One. I think there might have been a company in between. I don't know. No, it was never Intel. It was the uh, state. I was a student assistant for the state and... Then I went to work for Aerojet. Oh, Aerojet. That's what it was. Aerojet. My bad, man. Uh, my bad, Intel. My bad, Aerojet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries. Yeah, it was Aerojet. But anyway, we um we met when I hopped into finance. You became actually one of my first, you might have been my very first client. And I was with the other, the Fortune 500 company then. Then I, when I went on independent, you came on over. You stuck with me since day one. So We've just been rocking ever since. You recently took me for my first time golfing. So check this out, audience. You have heard in the previous show with Jay Artist Wright where she said, I need to start golfing. I said I would try. George has been trying to get me to golf since, I think, 2018. He's been trying to get me out there. So 2021, he had me out there. I had a great time. So, George, that's about as far as you and I go back. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit what you do for a living? Yeah, my name is George Velasquez. I'm an information security analyst for Golden One. Um, I've been doing cybersecurity work for the past five years. Pretty much I'm on the blue team side. That means that I'm more of a defender in security. Um, before that, I was working for Aerojet, like I previously stated. And I was a IT technician. I was just working on computers. I would, you know, fix them, update the operating system, things like that. And I've been doing this for about 10 years now. So, so George is a pretty smart guy's idea. So he might say some things that's beyond yours and mine's capability to understand. So George, we might have to ask you to, um, to define what it is you're saying in layman's terms at times. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> but hey, all right, George, this money's all about people's money story and just sharing with the, with the audience about what money was like for them. And what they and helping the audience learn from their story. So, George, just kind of started back the way I start with all my guests. 
What was money like for you and your household growing up, and where did you grow up? I grew up here in uh, Sacramento. Um, I grew up in the, I guess, Power Ran area between that and 65th over there by Hiram Johnson High School. Um, money, I mean, I grew up in a household where my my father worked for the, what was it, the, the federal government, and my mom, she worked as a warehouse worker. I mean, I guess we did all right. Um, they were able to buy their house when I back in the 1980s. This is their second house they bought. My dad was drafted in the war, so he, he kind of um, like just kept with it. I guess being in, like doing the federal government work and stuff like that. So he was he was all right. Retired at what was it, forty eight? Um, money wasn't really too tight. I didn't really. They didn't. They didn't really teach me how to save or anything like that. It was it was more me growing up and learning how to do that on my own. Um, oh. I like that. And I find that it's like that for minorities a lot, man. And well, really, I, I don't want to just say just minorities. It's probably like that for a lot of people in our generation where money wasn't talked about in our household. So then we're stuck on kind of learning on our own. So why don't we kind of go there? You talk about what that was like for you. The, the lessons you learned, the good and bad that you learned on your own. Man, I learned not to blow my money. Like, man, especially so I, I just recently bought a house back in 2018, too. So being a homeowner and, you know, just making sure that I have adequate savings, that is that that plays a big part in, in all my checks and everything that I, I have to do these days. I can't just go out and buy a PlayStation 5 if I want to right now. I mean, I could. Don't get me wrong. I could yeah. go spend the money, but I'm not going to because it's there's no true value there. I do find that I put more of that money into like different, I guess, um, not savings, but um, like, like the Robin hood account, I'll just go drop like 20, $20, $40, $60 here whenever I want to. And then I'll just go buy some stocks. Like I recently just made what, like $700 off of the, uh, off of the Dogecoin. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, just just stuff like that, that that also helps me out because like when I get into like a, a bad spot where my money and my savings account starts getting depleted, like I can just move some money around and and I'll be good again, you know? So what was it like before you started making those decisions? What, what kind of drove you, drove you to, to learn those lessons? Man, it was just me being always broke, me spending <laughs> way too much money, you know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't... Before buying the house, um, it was just me going out all the time, partying, you know, things like that. Just blowing checks because young, being young and stupid. Yeah. Homeownership can change somebody. You give them that kind of responsibility that they need it. It comes when you have homeownership because if you're broke, we don't have nothing. They don't take nothing. If if you're broke, when you got a home, you want to hold on to that, right? Oh yeah, no, definitely. You would definitely want to have at least two thousand dollars. This day and age, you want to definitely have at least two thousand dollars in the savings account. Just, just that's the bare minimum. Like I just had about I don't know about six to eight grand in mine, and I just had to use it all because I had some you know things happen. Like life, life happens, right? So I was able to go and utilize my savings account and get myself and back to it like a steady spot and. Now it's just back to the grind and making sure that 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 savings account and all my other accounts that I have are, you know, building money for me. 
That, that's what I always say, man. There's no peace of mind like that, um, like that emergency reserves. You know, my, my general rule of thumb is if you're an employee like you with the golden one, three months worth of, of uh, expenses set aside just in cash reserves, not invested. This is just nothing but emergency reserves. And then if you're independent, like myself, you need at least six months because we could have slow months when nothing's coming in. We can't let it all fall apart. But having that reserves is, gives you so much peace of mind. You know, my clients, they all come in. They want to talk about investing and growing their wealth. But I always say, hey, well, what's your emergency reserves look like first? Because I don't, there's no sense in me having you have an investment account and you don't have any reserves. And then you had to pull that money off his job while it's working, instead of growing for you working, it might be in a down market and you end up pulling it because you have an emergency. That's just irresponsible on both our parts. So I always, got, I always say, you know, it's this, the emergency reserves is not sexy, but man, is it good. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely good. No, and I, I do thank you. Um, Cause a lot of, a lot of this money management started coming from you and actually like working with you. And I actually put some trust in you. And I, I think I was your very first client and, or maybe the second, but I was there from the beginning. And, you know, a lot of it, I, I thank to you because, man, I never even thought about actually making sure that my savings was like, you know, like 10 grand, 20 grand, things like that. Even investments, like the different investments you keep talking to me about and just like that motivates me and drives me to want to like get to that point where I can even go drop like a $20,000 like investment somewhere. Yeah, that's what it's about, man. It's about us building one another up. So I can't take all the credit because this computer I'm on right now, I had to have you hook up for me and and pick it out. So you pay, definitely <laughs> paid it, paid me back tenfold, brother. But so let's kind of hop fast forward a bit. Um, talk about how you got into IT. Talk about what life was like for you when you got out your parents' house. Well, getting out of my parents' house, I was still actually in my parents' house. So I did a I wasn't the greatest person you know I did a lot of bad things and I decided that I wanted to change my life pretty much so what I ended up doing was getting away from a lot of the people that I was hanging out with and you know finding a program which was called uh, uh at the it was at the what is it the greater Sacramento Urban League and it's called the Stride Center it's no longer here in Sacramento it's only in Oakland but what it was they would come and teach the window, not the windows, the CompTIA A plus certification. And that is the, I guess the very basic low level um, certification to go become a a computer technician. And I went and did that. It was a six month class. Um, From there, they got me a paid internship and I was like making $18 an hour. This was back in 2011 and did a paid internship for three months. And also I was actually going to do intern work for free for the state. So they seen me coming in all the time. I wasn't working for anything for like a good six months there. Then they finally had a student assistant position co- uh, open up where I'm able to actually go get my some classes at Sac City. And I think at CRC too. And that's how I met Vic was at CRC. So it was, it was like, you know, in between those times, but from there, I was able to work for the state as a paid student position. It was like eight, eight fifty, eight twenty five, or whatever the minimum wage was back then. I was making minimum wage, and that was nothing. So those checks were pretty small, but still, it was paid. It was paid work. Yeah, and you put that time in for the greater good because you saw something. 
So I kind of want to rewind just to a little bit because I know a little more of your story. And I think it's important to share because you, you've got a short story of our perseverance. So talk a little more about the time in between you deciding to go into to, to tech and learning the skill to um, leaving to being at your, to being an adult. Let's talk about what happened there and kind of what motivates you to learn the skill that you'd actually use to build wealth. Got you. All right. Well, so when I was about 18 years old, I decided that school wasn't for me. Right. And I, at that time, I had no motivation for anything. I just had a lot of, I guess, just pent up anger, just a lot of things from my childhood and growing up. A lot of, a lot of it just didn't sit right with me. I 18, I wasn't, I, I had no cares about anything, you know? So I ended up dropping out of high school. Um, and I was just, you know, running the streets, just acting stupid, just doing a lot of, like, a lot of things that actually, like, I wish today that I, ne- it's not that I never did. I wish that I, I, I could just go back sometimes. But, I mean, still, like, I caught a, two DUIs when I was 20 years old, young and stupid. Um, and that actually, like, messed up a lot of, uh, a lot of things for me because I actually wanted to go into the army, do a lot of things like that. But I mean, try at first I didn't have, you know, a license. I had, I was on probation, couldn't join the army because of that. Um, Just a lot of things. And I was still like running the streets, just not, not caring. I guess around when I started like around 24 years old, um, I thought I was going to have a child that uh, went through the whole entire process of the nine months and, you know, after all that whole time, I found out that the kid wasn't mine, but I, but that when I found out that I was going to have a kid, or I thought I was going to have a kid that drove me to go back to adult school and get my high school diploma. So I ended up getting my high school diploma at 24 years old. When I found out that the child wasn't mine, I ended up spiraling, spiraling out again. And my life just went back to, you know, being complete garbage I was not was in a state of mind where I didn't care I was drinking all the time I was like you know just out just being stupid pretty much again just living off of what was that um uh not welfare but uh EDD the unemployment checks so for like a whole year I was I did nothing literally nothing played video games for a year straight um, and those pri- one of the prior DUIs ended up coming back on me because I didn't finish, you know, my sentence. So I ended up in jail again. And this time I ended up in there for like a month, I think. But when I was sitting in there, I realized that that, that was not what I wanted to do. Like that, that little stint or whatever, it made me realize like, dude, I can be doing a whole lot more. I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting a whole lot just sitting in here doing nothing like and I I can see the people coming in and all the conversations that I was having with other people like I just knew that 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 wasn't for me and I needed a change and I got out I got out on Thanksgiving day and I remember this because I got got home I didn't even eat a lot I don't know what I don't know what it was but I just didn't eat, eat a lot that night but I went and checked my email and that's when I had the uh an email from the greater Sacramento urban league saying like, Hey, we, 
you got this many days to write an essay to say why you want to be in this program. Mm -hmm. I think it was like, I think it was like two days. It was actually one day, the next day it needed to be in the next day. So I stayed up all night and wrote a, like, I think like a two page essay on why I wanted to be in that program and do the, the certification, the A plus certification. Two weeks later, I get an email and they said, Hey, we choose, you know, you're one of the, uh, the people that were going to select to be in this program. So I was like, I was super juiced, super happy, had to go in and do an interview. And I was telling them the whole story. And I, I even let them know, like, look, I just got out of jail like last month. And hmm. it's for some, 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 this and that, like my prior DUIs and they were just like, well, you know what, we're going to take a chance on you. And that's what they did. And that's how I was able to just move forward with my IT career. And even, even along the ways, like, with Aerojet, having to tell them about, you know, my prior record and everything, I was just straightforward with them and told them like, hey, look, I was young and stupid. I made some mistakes, but I'm not, I don't want to do that. I'm like trying to get my life together. And me just being straightforward and, you know, telling these people like, hey, I made mistakes. We all do. And they gave me, they gave me the chance to work at Aerojet. And it was for a company called Kimta. That's who they were contracted. That's who had the contract for Aerojet. So that's how I got my first actual real gig as a, a computer technician in the IT world. So, Hey, man, that's a blessing, man. I'm so glad you didn't leave that out. And I thank you for sharing that with our audience because it shows you, man, you're never too far gone. And it's amazing what God can do, man. It's amazing what can happen in your life as long as you're focused and you change that energy, man. And it was it was definitely it was definitely it was definitely a long journey and a long process um but i mean once i realized what i wanted i mean it was it was pretty it was pretty easy it was it was that drive that i had in, inside myself and also i did i did plenty of times ask for strength you know i got on my knees and prayed and asked for a bunch of strength from god like just show me the way and i'll follow it just you give me the, you show that path and I'm going to just go down it. And I was like, just give me the strength to continue on. And that's exactly what he did. Amen, man. Amen. So talk to us about, uh, about the urban league program. What was that like? How'd you find that? And what was the program like? Cause you know, I, I've, I've talked to some people from the urban league. I haven't really, you know, they got the young professionals, but it's never been someone I've really, nothing, something I've really looked into. So talk to, talk to me about that. So yeah, the Sacramento urban league, um, I guess they just help out, you know, the youth, people that, you know, are just having misfortunes in their life. Um, but I got with them through my aunt. My aunt was actually, she actually showed my mom like the, the program. It was like on a website or something. They told me to check it out. So I looked it up and I was like, oh, this looks pretty cool. So the Stride Center, which is based out of Oakland, like teamed up and they wanted to get a class out here in the Sacramento area. And that was pretty much them teaming up. I don't know what happened with the whole situation and why it's not out here no more, but um, I'm glad that that did happen. So it was more of a stride center type of thing that was just using the urban league as a headquarters out here. So that's how that whole situation was going. But the, a lot of the people there, I got the guy that actually brought me on for the program was name was Raymond Babb. Mr. Ray Babb, and he was a pretty cool guy, man. Um, I think he works for the Sac County now, but he was working at the Urban League, um, and that that's the guy that actually, you know, I can, I really thank all the time. I have him on LinkedIn, and I always reach out, and I always thank him because if it wasn't for him, I don't know what I would be doing at this point. 
Hey, that's good, man. Mentors make a big difference. People who give you a chance and bet on something that might not look like a good bet. You don't know how big of an impact that can have on someone's life. I'm in a similar situation with my mentor. He he took a bet on me and it worked out for me. And now it's I'm paying it back to him. But um, so let's talk about what you do. Talk about what you started doing at Aerojet and what you do now. So I started at Aerojet. Like I said, I was doing the PC technician work. Um, and I was making, I started out making $17 an hour. Yeah, that's what I started out. Yeah, $17 an hour at Aerojet. But I was a PC refresh tech. So what that meant was I would go and take people's computers and give them a brand new computer with a brand new operating system. So I think we switched from windows xp to windows 7 i think that's what it was so back that was like way back when 2011 yeah 2011 at the november 2011 is when i started so going into 2012 and started doing that it was a temporary contract at first but they liked my work they knew that you know they seen me working hard and then they ended up bringing me on full-time and when I did that, I was considered a PC tech, not the refresh tech no more, just a PC technician. And I started making $18 an hour. Um, and that was just me working on different projects, um, making sure that, because they had their own gas pump. So like there was programs that needed to be installed and configured, you know, right way, software, things like that, that needed to make sure that these programs worked for all these people that were working at Aerojet and also just making sure that all the engineers there had the, the, their machines working properly. So, I mean, it got to the point where it was super easy for me and I got bored. That's what I found. I found like from the, uh, different IT guys I know. You got first and foremost, like you guys are all different. Like, it, but it's just something in you that makes you guys just get this stuff. Like, not, not that many people get bored with like doing the kind of stuff you were doing. It's Aerojet. Come on, yeah. Like, that's that's pretty advanced stuff. But you're like, nah, this is too easy. It's just something in you guys, man, that that has that drive. That it's it's a trip, man. But I don't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no worries. Um, and I just. I just, once I got bored, I knew I wanted more. I wanted to find a different position. I wanted to do something else. I wanted to, what was it? I wanted to do networking. I wanted to do um, server admin, server administrator. And the last thing on my, my mind was even doing cybersecurity. I knew that being a cyber, in cybersecurity, you needed all types of schooling. You needed X, <laughs> Y, Z. Man, boy, I was wrong. Um, but within that time of me like wanting more and being bored at my job, I would actually go and talk to my boss. Like, hey, look, I want some more. I know that you guys have all the, these positions full up right now, but if I can come and job shadow somebody, if I can like, you know, just do like two or like two or three days a week or, you know what I'm saying? Whenever, whenever I will go do whatever I can to like get into another position because I want to like, I want to grow. I wanted to grow in the company and as, as an individual. I want to stop you there because that's key, man. That's something I had to learn. My wife taught me that. But you, you just got to sometimes sacrifice that time. Sh- show people that you want to learn. Like you said, shadow somebody. That's, I'm not, I don't, you don't even got to pay me. You don't even got to pay me. I just want to learn. I, I'm just here to learn. And when people see that, the higher up see that kind of attitude, they can't help but take, but recognize it. They can't help but say, 
but this guy wants to grow and it's got to be authentic. You don't want to be one of those brown nosers, but you know, it's got to be authentic. Like this guy has a desire to learn and reckon, and that's recognizing the, 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 the somebody in a position that you'd like to be in. Let me get under him and see what I can learn from him. So exactly. that, that was really wise, brother. Yeah, no. And I, I just knew, I just knew that I was like, man, I was bored and I was me getting bored. I just don't, I'll, I, I just don't want to feel like that. You know, I just don't want to be st- in a stale position and I don't want to feel comfortable where I'm at. Like, I always want to make sure that I have to keep climbing, you know, or learning more. And and that's exactly what I did. So I ended up going back to the Stride Center, but this time it wasn't in Sacramento. I had to drive out to Oakland and I went and did a class to do, uh, it's called the CCNA, Cisco Certified Networking Associate a certification that was that they ended up offering i was in the first class i believe that they offered it and um yeah no that took eight months so i i think it was 2014 2013 or 2014 is when i went and did it for eight months i was i did not go party i did i wasn't drinking (laughs) like that like i wasn't i was focused man because i had to be out in oakland every saturday so monday through friday i was working saturday I was in Oakland for class for eight hours. Hey, that that's, that's, I always say you'll be so surprised what you can do when you're intentional about something. And when you have your eye on that prize, that goal, you bust that butt for Monday through Friday and still make that, that two hours, you know, on the map for the listeners who are not in California, Sacramento and Oakland look close. But if you understand traffic in California, going to Oakland is not easy to do on the weekend. Nope, not at, not at all. And see, the thing is, too, so our class, I think, would be like at 9 or 10. We So we'd be out of here by like 5.30, 6 in the morning. So I'm up early. And, and, and it was a good thing that there was three of us from Sac- um, Sacramento driving out to Oakland because uh, we would switch off every weekend. Like one person would drive, the next person would drive. And we all kept each other, you know, um, in check making sure that we were all good. We would study together. We would see that was the other thing too. It wasn't just that Saturday, that Monday through Friday, we're studying. Like we, there was so much studying involved with that, with that class, man, that was one. And, but eight months later, I ended up passing and I got my, my Cisco cert. I took, and I, I ended up taking that back to Aerojet to our, to the Kemta, the people that, that were my actual uh, hires. And I told my boss, like, look, I got my CCNA and this is what I want to do. So I want to get to networking. So what can I do? She's like, well, we're kind of full right now. So just give it a minute and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll help you out and try to get you into networking or something. So I was like, all right, months passed, but they ended up giving me another raise. So I got, ended up at $20 an hour now. So I'm at $20 an hour after I got my CCNA. So it did, it did kind of do something and it did help out. And that's, that accountability is huge. If you and those, you and your two other buddies going down there, holding each other accountable, nobody likes to lose in front of people. So that, that makes a big difference, man. Having that accountability, if you're listening out there and you got to go tell somebody, because when you tell somebody, they're going to hold you accountable. They'll be like, hey, what happened, dude? I thought you said you didn't get your uh, your license. What happened? Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> we all got it, though. We we all did get it. And um, one of the guys, Jesus, he's about my age, maybe a little bit younger. He ended up uh, working at two different, uh, I guess, like, ne- like data centers. So 
and he's actually moved into the security realm now, you know, years later, but he's a security engineer now. So that's pretty cool. So talk to me about um, what it was like young single. I don't know if you're at home or if you're in an apartment, right now, uh, but, but making that money, what was it like the first couple of years you started making some decent money with no responsibilities really? Exactly what I told you earlier. I was partying, man. I was after after the after me getting my cert and everything, and I didn't have nothing else to do, and I was just working, making twenty bucks an hour. That's when I was just out partying. I was having fun. I was I had just bought a car, and I didn't have a car for like a few years because, like, like like I said, I was doing pretty bad, just running the streets. So I ended up buying a car. Finally, got my license back. My life is straight, and I was good. That's what I felt like. You know what I'm saying? So I'm out partying all the time, wasting money which I didn't, I wish, I wish I would have saved more back then than just wasting all of it. You know what I'm saying? But you live and you learn, right? You took the words out of my mouth better, better now than then, better then than now. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So so let's hop forward. Uh, Tell me how you ended up with golden one and what that transition was like. All right. Yeah. So about, I think it was about five years ago. Yeah. About five years ago, I ended up getting into cybersecurity at Aerojet. Finally, it took me it took me a few years, but they finally ended up transferring me over into the cybersecurity team. And it was me and another guy, Josh Adams. And now we just we're both making thirty bucks an hour. So I'm go. I went from seventeen, eighteen, twenty up to thirty. I just I had a big jump there, and I was just like, man, this it felt amazing. I was like, dude, I'm making some good money right now, thirty dollars an hour. I was like, this can't get no better. And, um, I just, we worked for, we worked for a month with the, with the boss, a supervisor, but he ended up leaving us. So we got two new fresh guys in cybersecurity and our supervisor ends up leaving and he goes to smud for the next, I want to say eight to nine months. It was a lot of learning on the fly. (laughs) <laughs> a lot of learning on the fly. I was using a tool called Rapid7 and QRadar, which a QRadar is a SIM. It's a, like a log collector. So it collects all the computer logs, all the server logs, all the networking traffic logs. Um, and Rapid7 is a vulnerability management um, platform. It scans all computers, all devices on, the ne- on a company's network to see what's vulnerable or not. So I'm working with these two big products. These and IBM is the creator of one, and Rapid Seven is the create. Yeah, Rapid Seven Nextpost. That's what it's called. Rapid Seven is a company. Nextpost is the product. So for seven months, seven eight months, we're working. Me and Josh, and we're working together because that's all we had. And then about I want to say almost before I left, we ended up getting a new manager, but he was in Arizona, and we ended up getting like two or three new people on the team. And I was the Q radar guy and Josh was the rapid seven guy. But I mean, it was, like I said, a lot of learning on the fly, man. It was a lot of Google, me staying up late at night, going to go do, I was called cyberry.it. It was one of the sites that I used way back, way back then. Um, a lot of YouTube, just, you know, seeing how Q, uh, Q radar was like set up things like that, how, how all this 
all the back end stuff happened, I just wanted to know. I needed to know because I'm working on a product. And then same thing with Rapid Seven, reading a lot of documentation and just watching videos online. And so at the end, so I'm only in uh, cybersecurity for a year when I finally like seen Golden One. I've been a me- I was a member since I was like 16, I think, for Golden One. So I knew who they were, right? And I was like, oh, that'd be awesome to like work for a bank that I like I use. And me and Josh both applied. We both um, had the same qualifications and everything. The only thing that I had up on him was having that CCNA. Look at that. Look at that, man. Yeah. So me going and doing that for that eight months was the reason I even got into Golden One. And I was been at Golden One for the past four years now. And I started there making, I think, set, so 72,000 72, a year. That's what I started at. Yeah, at Golden One. Yeah, I remember because I remember like, man, you had a huge jump up from what you're making at Aerojet. It was like 60K at Aerojet and then 72, yeah, so. And look at that, man, like that time you sold in, driving out to the Bay, paid off for you big time, yeah, right? it was a... Uh, it was a lot. It definitely paid off because, man, I was just, for me, that progression and keep seeing all of that and all that hard work that I put in and me, for me working for free for the state for like six months, like to making 72 grand being an infosec, I was just like, it just, it was like crazy to me. I was like, man. And it was like, it felt like a long time, but it was actually a really short period. I, like I said, I got into IT in 2011. This I was working for free in 2011. And then by the time I'm at Golden One, that was what, 2016? 2017. 2017 at Golden One. Yeah, look at that, man. It's just like you just continue to sacrifice and grind, keep your eye on the prize. And I'm telling you, man, I, you, you get a harvest. You continue to plant seeds. And I promise you, something's going to harvest. And you got a really nice harvest, man. I think Golden One's like ranked one of the top places in Sacramento, in California to work at. It's an awesome bank. Everybody, everyone in Sacramento yeah. uses them. They, you probably get free tickets to the Kings game every yeah, once I, in a while. I, I've, I've won a few of them, yeah. Like, they don't just give them out. We have to, like, win a drawing. But, yeah, we've they give us tickets to Kings games, things like that. Um, there's, there's a lot of benefits working for Golden One. It's a really great company. It is. They It was actually just rated the number one co- uh, company to work for, um, which is awesome. The company is is more like a family too. So like my team together, we're like more like a family and it's it's great working there. I love everybody there. Yeah, you know, you took the words out of my, the word I'm looking for is it's a culture. You know, they yeah, got a culture there and I can tell, like that's how they have that retention. Let's pause here for commercial break and hop right back All into right. it. Hey, what's going on guys? If you're enjoying the show, make sure to leave a rating and review on whatever listening platform you're using. We really appreciate it, and make sure to share with a friend. Thanks for listening. Now let's get back to the show. So, yeah, we're back here with George Velasquez, and we're talking about his time at Golden One as a... You always got to remind me of this term. Information information security analyst. An information security analyst. So that's where I'm Security analyst, yeah. What is an information security analyst? What is that job title? In layman's terms, please. We're, we're, We're a defense. So if I think like basketball, right? You got offense and defense. 
Well, no, no, no. Let me, let me, let me, more like a football thing. So you got offense and defense. The defense is always the same. The offense is always the same. You know what I'm saying? The players interchange or whatever, but that's the same thing with, uh, information security there's an offensive side to it and there's a defensive side to it i'm on the defensive side to it i want to stop people from scoring goals i want to stop the hackers or uh, the malicious actors actually from um either exfiltrating data gain, uh, gaining access to the company's network i just want to make sure that our our members data is protected and that's pretty much what i do on a daily basis Hey, that's that's no pretty much what you do. That's no easy task. That's a lot of responsibility. It's a bank. Like that's yeah. the last that's the last people you want to have their daily league. So that that's that amount of stress got to be pretty big on you, man. How do you how do you cope with it? Well, like I said, it's just a lot. Me learning when I was at Aerojet. You got to remember, I did this at Aerojet too. And then they're they're a defense contractor. These guys make rockets. Yeah, <laughs> so I guess that's a big responsibility, also. <laughs> yeah, definitely, it was two big responsibilities. Yeah, it's you can't you can't slack, you can't slouch. You you gotta like, you gotta really really be into the job, and it's it's easy to learn, man. And I say that only because just I know I know that my learning ability, though I, I learn differently. Like I can't just sit there and read a book and pick it up. That's not me at all. Nah. I was I was gonna ask you about that. I don't mean to cut you off. But I was gonna ask you about that because you know this. You and I growing up, we grew up around the same. I think we're like one month apart actually. Mm-hmm. But um, when we were growing up, school taught one way. They didn't care how no one learned. But and you struggled in school, and I did too. But as I became an adult and became a professional, I learned. Okay, this is what works for me. This is how I learn. So what do you think? What was different? What did you learn that was different for you? You picked this stuff up so naturally and took it off, continue to continue to get licenses, continue to want to learn, but you also dropped out of high school prior to that. So what what was the missing link? Because I think this is important because it needs to be fixed. It was the it was the missing link for me, man, was just realizing what I didn't want in life. And at that point, that was me like being like a bad, just being doing stupid things, not bad, just being doing the stupid things that I was doing, ending up in jail. Like that was the most stupid thing that I've done in my life was just go to jail. Like, man, if that would be the only thing that I would ever take back. But again, that just showed me exactly where I didn't want to be. God obviously was like, look, dude, you need to learn a lesson. Go sit down. That's what I did. And being in there. But I always, I already knew that I liked computers since I was a little kid though. That was always that's always been in me. I had a computer as a kid, um, I, but I was like four or five. It was like way back in the day, and I don't know how they my dad got it, but they ended up getting mm-hmm. a computer somehow. Um, caught a virus, and they ended up throwing it away. And but by the time I was like fifteen or sixteen, um, my godmother, my my mom's sister, uh, my Nina Rosie, she's the one who actually taught me how to like work on computers. That's the, that's, that's how I initially learned to fix a computer was when I was, uh, middle school or high school. Tommy. Shout out to Auntie Rosie for the good work, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. She's the, she's the one that actually got that in me and taught me how to, you know, change the components out, the memory chips, all that, the video card, 
the power supplies taught me the whole thing and then also how to install the operating system how to install the drivers making sure that that the audio worked for the the, the computers and like the video worked for the computers um taught me all of that so when i ended up getting another computer when i was in high school um I had to work that off though. So my parents bought it for me, but I had to work it off. Like I had to go, you know, do a lot of like lawn work and end up just working for it, but it, it paid off. Um, and I would always break it and I would always fix it. That was one of the things I was always good at making sure that, that my computer was working. That's what I'm telling you, man. It's something different about you. IT guys, it's something that's in you guys. Like, like it may, hey, maybe it was catching that virus as a little kid. Like man, never again. That's why you're on the exactly. deep. End. That's why uh-huh. you're on the deep inside, man. <laughs> uh, it, it was you know we were talking about the responsibility, and you know I think I got a lot of responsibility in my job. I think you got a lot of responsibility at the bank. Like we're trying to protect people's nest egg. But at Aerojet, I think that's another level. <laughs> you can't mess around and send the wrong missile off. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, no, no, no. it was definitely it was definitely some crazy some crazy you know things over there especially like even going to the silos like i would actually have to go drive onto the property and go into like the you know the where they test rockets at like they actually they were testing when i was there so That's being able to see like the test site was actually one of the uh, better benefits of the job that's cool man so you're doing the defense side at um at a golden one. So we do, I kind of cut you off before we got too far into that. So it's kind of talk about your day-to-day job there. What's your day-to-day job like? My day-to-day job is um checking in our what is it called a EDR endpoint detection and response. Um and also checking in our vulnerability management system. And just making sure that all our tools are working right still. So our EDR, um, our endpoint detection and response, that is, it pretty much logs every single computer's, um, like all, all their all their applications, everything that it does, all the processes, um, all the commands, all everything that a computer does, it logs. So that's what it's supposed to do. So what, and also what it does, it checks for a not like it, it takes like a picture of our network pretty much. And we can go in there and look at what's normal, what's not normal. If um, anything is malicious. Um, so also just um, making sure. So, oh, sorry, with the EDR stuff, just making sure that we can see anything malicious that happens on on any of the machines say somebody downloads something bad like we can catch that it's a you know it's a real time most of this stuff can happen in real time it does happen in real time so if something's downloaded uh somebody decides that they want to go and try to plug in a usb device flash drive you know anything like that they're not able to because we have it blocked like we, we do these things on a we yeah, that's just the day-to-day stuff. It's making sure that our security is airtight enough that we don't have somebody like internally trying to take data out. And oh. you, you think like things like that, and just making sure that all the machines are up to date as far as patches, like because every every computer gets a, a security patch. Microsoft sends updates um on Tuesdays every month. 
it's called Microsoft Patch Tuesday. That's, you know, mm-hmm. that's a thing. Um, it's a really, it's a, it's a thing actually. And, and everything like your, your video cards to your, to the firmware on the, on the motherboard, like this, all, they all have updates and it's, you should be updating your computers regularly all the time, no matter what that is. That is one of the <laughs> biggest things that you guys need to take away from this is that you need to make sure everything on your home networks are patched. Cause I do it. I do it at home all the time. That's funny, you know, the, the, of everything you hear today, man, that's a hey, update your computers, man, because hey, I'm guilty of not updating mine. I'm glad you said that because it's not, it's like, I never hit click update. <laughs> I never. Oh, you, yeah, no, because <laughs> you, you see all, you see, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to like, to like the news and things like that, like the ransomware attacks, they find like these, these threat actors, they find vulnerabilities like from unpatched systems, you know, they'll send an email you got to also make sure that you're looking at the emails that are being sent to you, phishing, things like that. Like phishing is a big thing. If you see an email that you don't recognize and a, there's a link in there, there's websites that you can actually grab that link, right? Click that link and post that link into these websites. I'll give you guys one. It's free. VirusTotal.com. Remember that. VirusTotal.com. If you guys see anything that that is in your email that you guys feel might be malicious, Right click on that link. Don't don't left click it. Right click it. <laughs> right click it. And then you can go paste it into uh virus total. I'm gonna uh, put that in the show notes, man. So I thank you for that negative knowledge. Oh, so, of course, of course. So check I, it out, man. You went from making 60k to making 72 at Golden that, One, and you continue to climb from there. That was in a year. You got to remember that too. This is in a year. That was a year span. I was making 60K. I started making 60K. And then following year, I'm making 72. So that's a big, that's a big jump in money. That's extra grand a month. That's an extra grand a month, man. That's a big jump, man. So you you start making good money. You're doing good for yourself. You go ahead and and decide it's time to buy a home. Talk to us about that process. Talk about the, talk to us, uh, talk to us about the steps leading up to that the mind process and what the homeownership has done for you and what it's been like for you. Yeah. So, well, when, um, working at golden one, I think it was 2018. Yeah. 2018 is when we ended up getting the house, but like the getting the house was the easy part, but there was that year before that, it was a lot of stuff going on. Um, I was renting before that I was, I had an apartment, um on mac road <laughs> if, you, if you guys are from south uh, from sacramento and uh you guys are are not from sacramento sorry mac road is it's a it's pretty it's a pretty crazy area um i lived uh yeah i lived in carmel point apartments that was my that was i know that exactly was, what you're talking about i know exactly yeah what you're talking about. that was my first me get like and that's what i was like 26 27 that was my first time like actually renting my own spot was at 26 or 27, like by myself, like I've rented before, but this was on my own, nobody else, one bedroom apartment, man, I loved it. It was in a corner spot in the back and everybody left me alone. I Mm -hmm. I just, I loved it there, man. And then from there I ended up moving from Mac road into Oak park. (laughs) 
So you used, <laughs> I think that's more of a lateral movement. I was going to say, it's not, it's not necessarily moving up or moving down. It's kind of lateral. Yeah, it's, it's very, really lateral for hey, sure. For, for those of you who are younger and who have seen Oak Park now, Oak Park was not, gentrification has hit Oak Park. It was not always like that. Was, <laughs> see, you know, yeah, I, no, I, did, I didn't see any uh, nerds walking around with the computers out when I was No, not at all. Park. Not at all. Yeah, no, I lived, I, I rented a house on four. 40th, 40th and 8th F. So like it was not gentrified right there, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but it was it was cool, man. It was a it was a little spot. Um we rented, it was like a three-bedroom. Um, and then we have our dogs. Well, the the homeowner didn't like dogs, man. So I had to put my dogs at my parents' house. I didn't like that. And then um our lease was up. And I was just like, some stuff happened in my life where it started getting a little crazy. Um, I was living out of my truck for a minute and uh, ended up going back to my mom and dad's house in August of that year. And from that point, from August, I was like, hey, look, man, I'm trying to buy a house. I got about six months and um, so I can, you know, make sure that I can get one. Stay- I got I to stop you to pause you there. Because that's a that's a path that not many people talk about going down, but it makes sense a lot of times to sit down. No one wants to live with their parents. Nah. No, your parents don't want you to live with them. But if you if you want to sit down and bite that bullet and tough it out, they're gonna say yes. You know, they're gonna say they, come back. Of course, for for six months to save with that down payment to build your credit up so you can have some equity and have some home ownership. A lot of times it does make sense. It was it's worth humbling. It. I know that was humbling. It was, it was, because I, I, I had, I had, I did not have a bed. <laughs> I was sleeping on the floor, like it was just like rough, man. I was just like, you know what, whatever. It's just six months. Uh, I, I've, I've, I lived worse before. You know what I'm saying? I was just staying out of my truck, staying at friends' houses and things like that. So I mean, it was a stable place to stay. How, the Golden One's right down the street. The headquarters right down the street. So it was easy commute. It was just made. It just made all the sense. You know what I'm saying? And. I stopped from going out again and I was just focused. I was dead set on buying a house now. So that's like late 2017. So 2018 hits of, of yeah, February, 2018. I was finally able to secure a loan for 275 by myself. No co-signers, no nothing, man. Like, and that felt amazing. 275, just about, I was like, cool. That same day, this is Valentine's day of 2017. We go out, look at three houses, man. We put in for two of them. One of them um, had a really big backyard. I come to find out that that house was just, it was all bad. This last house that we finally see that night, man, has a pool in the backyard. It has a pool house, has a shed, nice, like a big side, like a big two car garage, three bed. It's already remodeled on the inside. So it was just like, man, this is nice. This looked great. They accepted the offer and they wanted to give it to a young couple and we ended up getting it. And I want to say, and you know how February is already a short month. We ended up moving in like the second or third week of March. Okay. So what would you have to put down at the time? You don't mind me asking. Um, so there, what I ended up doing, I actually got down payment assistance. So that was another thing that I just, I, I, I had about 10 grand and 10, like about like eight grand in the bank. 
Um, and I already knew I was going to have to put like, a, like I want to say like five or six down, but they had a pro, like, you know, the first time home, homeowners, they um, are also able to get another loan. It's a $10,000 loan. And it's the, uh, what was that? What, the, what was I just said? What was the thing I just said right now? The $10,000 loan, the, the other loan the homeowners get. Yeah, it's the first time homeowners. Down payment assistance. Sorry. Down payment assistance. Yeah. That's, that's oh. what it is. Down payment assistance. And so we ended up getting that too. So I think out of pocket, I ended up paying about 4500 because I had to pay for the inspection um, and a couple of other things. But once once all said and done, like I got actually like twenty five hundred dollars back, twenty eight hundred dollars back. So like it was it was it was awesome. Also like so this whole process, uh, the last homeowners they paid for the escrow. Like they paid a lot of this. They paid a lot of the stuff for us. They paid a lot of the things for us. So hey, you ever heard heard of the word favor, man? You got some favor on your life. Yeah, man. Because, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen for everybody, man. Dude, you know what I'm saying? I don't like uh, our our loan our loan not our loan person our real estate agent. His name is Aaron, and he was like, "I'm not gonna lie, this is probably the the easiest home purchase I've ever been a part of." He's like, mm-hmm. it, you can't get it easier than what you guys just went through. He said, I've never had it like this. And I, I don't think I'll ever have it like this. So I think for me, it was just like right time. It was, just, I think it just meant it was meant to happen just because how it happened that same, like, it's really crazy. Cause that same day I got the loan, we go out on, on Valentine's day, two days, like the next day he accepts the offer. Like they accept the offer and <laughs> like three weeks later, we're moving into the house. Like, I'm just like, you can't, I was like, what the, what the hell, man? This is, this is awesome. It was amazing. So. That's a blessing, man. That's, that's awesome, man. You know, you're a homeowner now. You got, now your dogs live with you at this point. So yes, th- yes, yes, yes. Th- th- yeah, it's all for the, you know, you got to thank your dogs because they're the ones who motivate you. Like, you know what? If I can have my dogs, I'm going to make something, yeah, I'm going to make something happen my way. So <laughs> I hope you treat those dogs good, man. Oh, of course. Yeah. It was just, it's just, it was also, it was just the growth from me at Golden One. So also I was able to make sure that I was like, cause my, my house payment was like $2,100, but I ended up getting another, like a crazy increase because my, they had these people come in and I guess check the, the wages for each position and, and like, check other positions across America and they like matched it up and they seen that my position was being paid like less than other, other people and other companies. So what they ended up doing was giving me like a 14% increase. My position got a 14% increase. I got one of the, I got the second highest increase in my wage at golden one. So I went from that 72 to 90 to 90 something. Hey, that's favor, man. You got, you got, <laughs> that really is favor <laughs> in your life, man. And, and so check it out, man. You're a homeowner now. You got, you're making 90 plus grand a year. You're, you're just being blessed left and right. You put 4,500 down in your house. That was 2018 or 2017? 2018. 
Because it's all because that this all happened in 2018, the very beginning of 2018. So now tell me, because I just got to hear what's your home of praise for now. Oh man, so I got I got it for 275, and I want to say it was like the last time I checked, it was around the low 400s. Hey, you, gotta, you gotta love California, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. I, I I I do check from time to time, and I'm just like, man, my house is worth what right now? I'm like, oh, that's that's crazy, and I paid what for it? It's just insane, man. You've you've been blessed, bro. You got that. You you got the equity house, your home money, you're doing some good things. You got we got your RA set up, you're still investing, saving for retirement. I know you're putting money away at 41M and your 401k with Golden One. And, yeah. and think about where you came from, man. You ever just sit back and think like, man, look where I came from. Yeah, I do. I do it all the time because I, I, I still think like it's crazy. Like, like I said, but it's only been 10 years, right? 10 years, this is this is crazy. I'm I'm like a couple like a couple cents away from hitting six figures, man, with with the high school diploma. Yeah, see, with a high with a high school diploma, you went back and got it at twenty four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely at twenty four, man. So it's it was crazy. It was a lot of long, like there was a lot of days that I would walk. I would walk from the south area all the way to the north just to get to that A plus class, man. Like. I didn't have a car. I didn't have a job. I didn't have anything like 20, 2011, just getting out of jail for the, the past DUIs that I had, you know what I'm saying? And not finishing up that sentence, like just, just making sure that like I got to those classes and that, that class was Monday through Friday, every day, six to nine. So I would walk, I would literally walk at from like nine or 10 in the morning and walk to the North. It'd take me like around like good four or five hours to get out there. From hey, South Sacramento to North Sacramento. That 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 is some real. That's like some real work ethic. Like you, you personally, you put work in to get what you need to get done. And I'm telling you, God sees that, and God rewards you for that kind of hard work. And look where you are now. Look where you are now. So the, the two things I want you guys to take from this as listeners. This is, well, three things. Because what was the oh three things first? You want to update your computer. <laughs> yeah, always make sure that's updated. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I want you guys to take from me. Next is, it's never too late. I don't care if you're sitting down behind behind the wall, sitting down behind bars. It's never too late. If you got a chance to get out again, then you can make it happen. Look at George. He's doing a great job. He's a homeowner. He has like hundred seventy thousand dollars of equity in his house. He he has a pension. He has a four one k. He has some Roth investment accounts. He has his Robinhood investment account too. He, he he's doing good. He's just continuing to grow. And look where he came from. And then, lastly, and I I don't want to say most importantly, importantly, but one of the most equally important, at least, is put that work in. Put in that work. Like get off your high horse. If you got to walk to the north, the with the, the north. So. People, people, people see Sacramento. People see California in general and think it's small. Like I had yeah. my cousin come down here from Florida one time. She's like, "So, can we drive to Hollywood tomorrow?" I'm like, "Are you crazy? <laughs> Are you crazy?" It's like 13 hours. It's like 13 hours. But, um, but seriously, uh, not 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 on 13 hours, but like eight hours. But um, but could be about six. Depends on how how fast you drive. Hey, you don't hey, you don't need no more driving. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about that, George. You ain't going back. I don't want you back. <laughs> no, nah, but seriously, walking from South Sacramento, North Sacramento is like 20 miles. 
Yeah, man. That's it's yeah, there's a lot of like streets. Not and, there's no back streets. <laughs> and seeing seeing that and the only reason you did because you had the eye on the prize. Yeah. I, I tell my clients, you know, you'll be surprised what you can do when you have when you're intentional. When you're intentional about getting somewhere. I had a client now, she was looking to refinance her, we're doing her budgeting. She was behind on bills. She had more going out than coming in. We got her all, we got her all lined up. She was able to save something. And then we started working towards her refinancing. We sat down with my mortgage guy, Adrian, the, the loan dude. We sat down with Adrian Peterson. He gave her bullet points to this, to this, to this, to this, pay off this, things that you got to do to um, refinance. Before she was previously, she had more money going out than she had coming in. Then she's just saving 300. But then she was able, because she was intentional, she saw the prize, she's able to knock out all of these bills. And man, she did it so fast. Beta, and it's just, and then what it got her, she refinanced, she built her merge reserves, she paid off back tax, back tax debt because that tax, the IRS was going to, they're going to get you. So if you got back tax, bad tax debt, <laughs> take care of that. But she took care of that, built her reserves, yeah. fixed her house there. up. It's, <laughs> it's amazing what you can do when you're in, when you're intentional, man. And you did it because you were intentional. Yeah, no, definitely. It's it was it was a long process, but I feel good because of where I'm at right now, man. It, it was it's a lot of hard work, man. Don't get me wrong. Definitely a lot of hard work, a lot of long nights, a lot of studying. Um, but anybody can get to where I got to, man. It's just you just have to want it. That's it. I mean, even if you don't want the position that I'm in, you can still get to the into the, like the position I am in, like in my life, owning a house, your car, me, being able to make sure that your kids are going to like be good. And like, that's the next thing for me is making sure that my, my son has a, a fat savings or like an account where when he's 18 to 19 that he can use to either, you know, go to school, do what he wants, start a business, things like that. We're going to talk about setting up that 529 college savings plan for him in, in, in our next meeting. We know we're due for a review, so <laughs> so we'll, we'll talk about that next time. Definitely. Yeah, it just you just have to want it. That's it, man. If you want it, man, and you have to believe in yourself. That's that's Those are the two keys, man. That's all I did. I believed in myself, and I wanted it, and I, I went out, and I did it. That I know that I God put a battery in my back and just – like I said, man, he gave me that strength, showed me the way, and I just walked it, literally walked it. He literally walked it. <laughs> hey, hey, that's going to be the name of the episode. Walked it, literally walked it. <laughs> hey, but um, so we're, we're at the end of the podcast now, man. You've been an awesome guest. I thank you so much for sharing. I'm sure some people listening learned a lot from this episode. Without a doubt, a lot of people listening did. But I always ask everybody the same question in these podcasts. It's all about financial success. And, you know, I think of financial success not as a dollar amount, but a quality of life and what that lifestyle looks like. And, you know, that, that, that definition of financial success can change. It means different things to different people. It means different things to the same people, depending on when you ask them. But today, George, 2021, what does the word, what do the words financial success mean to you speaking from a quality of life? It just means um, being just comfortable, comfortable in my living every day, not, not struggling like I, I, I used to, but making it like just, if I want to go out 
and just buy my son something, I got the money. Like, it's there. I don't have to worry about it. I know that my bills are taken care of. Everything's taken care of. I mean, that's just being comfortable. That's what financial success means for me right now. I bet for, trust me, I thought it was just being rich. You could, if you would ask me that 10 years ago, I thought financial success means having thousands of dollars in my bank account, but it's not, that's not what it is, man. It's being comfortable, being comfortable in, in my everyday life and just making sure that my son is good. Bills are taken care of. My dogs are fed my, and my father's good. Your father's good. Your son's taking care of your dog, taking care of your bills are paid. And, and you're also wifey. Your wife is taken care of, and you and I are able to play golf every once in a while. Hey, man, every Sunday, man, for me. Uh, yeah, okay. So, so financial success means a little different to you than what it meant. I'm not an every Sunday kind of guy yet. But, hey, man, that's the end of the podcast. Thanks to you so much for coming on. Audience, I hope you enjoyed this show. Um, that we, we, there's a link to that virus protection website in the, in the podcast, in the show notes. You guys have a blessed week. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Take care. Thank you for having me. Payne Boye is a financial professional with Homes Financial Oven Securities offered through Berther Fisher & Company Financial Services, Inc., BFCFS member FINRA, FIPC, Homes Financial is independent of BFCFS.